DDG Episode 9. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going? Good, how are you? Doing okay. I have a Japanese beer. I went to Benny's. I don't know if you have Benny's in Detroit. It's just a liquor depot store. It's like yeah, the Home so. Depot of alcohol. <laughs> um, and they had these little Japanese beers uh, that... It was it was pink and it had a cute owl on it, so I thought maybe it would be flavored. But it's just a straight beer, and since you you can see me uh, as we're recording this, you're gonna see me wince every time I take a sip of because I don't like beer and it's kind of why'd you buy it? It was like four dollars and it had a cute owl on it, and I was buying like supplies for the holidays. Speaking of that, we are recording the week of Christmas, so I hope everyone, however you celebrate your holidays, is having a safe and happy holiday season. Um, I know Michael and I both do celebrate Christmas, but in general, for all of our listeners, that I know we have a diversity. Just again, happy holidays, and I hope everyone has a safe and gets to see, safe holiday, gets to see family, and gets to just have you know fun and interactions with their kids or their their relatives or friends. Any of that, happy holidays. All right, uh, we're going to do a slightly different episode. Uh, as most of you know, Michael and I are very busy this time of year, um, so we're actually recording on a different day, and we're not recording live on Twitch. So that is a factor because of our schedules, what time it is for us, and like one of our very late recordings. This, um, so we're going to just do briefly like some things that we've had some time to watch, and then we are going to do a 2020 uh, preview prediction extravaganza. Yeah, I was going to say like a precap. <laughs> <laughs> We can look back yeah. <laughs> next year and be I like, man, pre. we were off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just going to go over what's going on next year uh, in 2020. It's a year that uh, I know that I'm looking forward to from a digital days standpoint and just from a gaming standpoint in general of uh, broadening our horizons. So uh, briefly, there's not very much, there's no news. Um, most of the companies are on break. Um, I think the only thing that I saw that was like newsworthy is like Horizon Zero Dawn is coming to PS Now, but it's only coming for like ninety days. That and Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah. So, um, but other Get than your that, shit together, I know. didn't see much. I mean, there's a lot of sales going on, so if you're really into like trying to buy some things, I would recommend just following Wario sixty four because he can he takes care of everything for you, <laughs> whatever platform you're on. So, um. But uh, briefly, so we're just going to... I know Michael's been watching some stuff, so go ahead and just go over that. I have been jumping into the Witcher series, which dropped on Netflix two, three days ago. I, I'm really enjoying it. The The acting is really good. Henry Cavill as Geralt is fantastic. Yennefer is stealing like the show. Early on, the show is very much about... Yennefer, Siri, and Geralt, and it focuses a little bit more on Yennefer and Siri, which I'm fine with. I believe that's how the books go, so I'm cool with that. The The show is definitely Netflix trying to possibly find their Game of Thrones, but they're definitely not working with the same budget Game of Thrones was having, so I've noticed a couple little things with like some of the sets don't look as clean, the green screen effect you can see from time to time, camera angles are weird. But outside of that, I, I'm hooked. I'm about three, four episodes in. I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. It's making me want to read the books because it's more based on the books than the games. And all my knowledge from The Witcher comes from Witcher 3 because I never <laughs> had the chance to play Witcher 1 and 2 because I didn't get into PC gaming until the last two years. So I missed like the boat on The Witcher 1 and 2. Right. But I, I, I highly recommend it. I, I think they do a good enough job 
of building out the world, at least early on. I, I, three, four episodes in, they're building like a world, and I'm hoping it kind of sticks through. Henry Cavill seems like he was like made for this role. He does the voice really well. He looks amazing in it. Would you recommend I, it for people that haven't played the game or read? The oh, books? for sure. So. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's starting relatively fresh. They're introducing the characters, like you're getting Yennefer and Ciri's origin story. Geralt is kind of already established in the world, but you don't really need to know much about him other than he is a witcher, which is basically just a mercenary. He goes from town to town, kills monsters for money, and that's pretty much it. You don't need too much background on him to enjoy the show. So I would recommend it, especially I want season two, so please watch watch this. Netflix kind of <laughs> cancel stuff pretty fast now, and I hope they have a plan for more than three seasons, but Netflix seems to be always like two, three seasons then done. But I'm enjoying it. And then other than that, I haven't really had time to game too much. And I've just been watching The Witcher, continuing Buffy, and then doing the really bad thing where I'm just dead tired from work and I just put YouTube on and then just let YouTube autoplay take me away. and (laughs) Lay the phone on your chest and fall asleep. I, yeah, I mean, I have a Chromecast, so I just let it let it run, and then even when I'm at work, I just have YouTube going in the background. Fell into a weird hole where I was watching cooking ASMR videos, which is just watching people, like, dice stuff with a certain amount of craft. That is just amazing. Got really into watching people slice watermelons and, and pineapples, and was like, oh, that's a good technique. No idea why. It's kind of fell in that hole oh and then i watched the irishman which is on netflix uh that's martin scorsese's latest movie he does a martin scorsese thing where he has de niro has pacino and joe pesci in it it's it's this classic mobster style movie the the big thing with this though is they had to use a lot of cgi face technology to de-age the three main actors mm-hmm. which is done really well but they didn't do anything for the bodies, so they still have, like, old man bodies to me. Like, they fixed some of the arm stuff so you don't see, like, the the liver spots on their arms and, you know, weird things like that. But they still have... Robert De Niro still walks around like an old man, which old people tend to look like pigeons after a while. So he still has, like, this old wow. man body. Yeah. <laughs> so he still has this old man body, and he's walking around, and he's supposed to be, like, I guess in his... 30s or 40s probably 40s 50s it's kind of hard to tell like how old everyone's supposed to be so that's the only thing that like throws me off is the face technology is pretty good at the aging in like 20 years but their bodies and their mannerisms are still like old man right body and mannerisms so once i got over that i was able to watch it i actually had to break my rule and watch it in two parts i don't like breaking up movies into multiple parts. I like to watch movies in one sitting, but it's three and a half hours long, so I had to save the last 90 minutes for another session. And it's a movie you have to pay attention to, so I couldn't just, you know, like, fade out, fall asleep, continue going. Right, and you end up like, what's going on? I'm lost. (laughs) So I I had to break it in two parts where I I watched it, like, one day, went to bed, and then woke up the next day and finished it. Uh, But it's really, the, the last week for me has just been relying on Netflix and YouTube to, to like take my brain away from all the work that I've been having to do. 
and I'm sure it's been kind of similar for you. Yeah, I mean, we're almost done with 2020 or 2019. Getting looking forward to 2020 for it calming down at work a little bit, and then just picking some things up. But um, we did get some time. My wife and I managed to be home at the same time for a while, which is kind of rare. Um, we caught up on Mandalorian, so we watched the 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 one they released an episode on Wednesday because of Star Wars coming out like on Thursday night. So like normally they release on Friday mornings on Disney Plus, but I'm assuming that they released it on Wednesday just to. Because they knew that maybe nobody would have a chance to watch it because of Star Wars. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, and then they had Disney Plus actually did a really good job of like tying in like a, a preview at the end of Mandalorian. It wasn't attached to Mandalorian at all, but it was a preview of Rise of Skywalker. And it's like, and you can watch it tomorrow in theaters. So like they actually like marketed really well. I felt. Um, originally we were like, okay, we'll see Rise of Skywalker like eventually. Um, and then as things kind of came out, like the way, you know, she was, my wife got, a, got into Star Wars with Mandalorian and then she really wanted to see it. So then we started looking and we went to like a really early show this weekend, um, like a 10 a.m. showing. Um, I liked it. I'm, there's definitely like the name, the title of the movie still kind of, you know, leads to some confusion, uh, I feel. Um, but in terms of like this, the people that are just, just crushing this movie, I feel like. Anything that's gone, you know, nine movies deep like this can't, you know, it's, it's, it is nine consecutive movies, but it's three separate groups of three. Three different arcs. Yeah. So, you know, them, them wrapping this up. Um, and it sounds, if I remember right, I think Disney said that they're going to take a break from the main storyline of Star Wars for a while. They said that after like Han Solo stopped, that they were going to stop doing spinoffs and then. I think they came out and said that they're going to take away from the main arc from now, so I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. They probably won't stop making Star Wars movies. I think they need a break from Star Wars for a couple years, but I don't know what they're doing next. I wouldn't mind, like, because if you really, like, think about them recently, the one that I that comes to mind that's the best one recently is for me is Rogue One. Same, same. Um, and I think that's because it had a true beginning, middle, and end. There wasn't really any... They weren't trying to, like, make sure they were paying homage to something... And they weren't trying to, like, set up something else. I mean, although it did obviously set up something else, but, you know, like, they didn't have to worry about, like, too much character building in that other than just within that one movie. Um, My wife brought it up, too. She would like to see more about um, Kylo Ren. She wants to see more, even if it's in a TV show aspect, more of the timeline between Episode 6 and Episode 7. She an Adam Driver fan? Is that why? No, I don't. I don't think so. That guy's got a huge nose, by the way. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! So I, I, I call Robert De Niro a pigeon body, and that's offensive. You <laughs> say Adam Driver has a big nose. Um, but you know, I'd like just to see, like, like, because she was like, she, her and I aren't super into Star Wars, but we always we were talking about certain things that go on, and uh, there's there's something that happens in Rise of Skywalker that I don't want to spoil, but it does, you know, spark more questions of, like, how does that process really work? And um, so there's other things that kind of get your mind working. And, and I wouldn't, I would be okay if they just decided to do, like, brief spinoffs of, like, similar to how they did the Solo story of maybe one on, you know, Ben, uh, Ben Solo or, you know, like, what happened, you know, um, why it caused what it did. You know, because we got to see kind of, like, how Anakin became Darth Vader. Um, you know, so it would always be, you know, fascinating. Um, but overall, I mean, the movie is good. It has some really cool, you know, pretty cool special effects, some nice set pieces. Um, 
again, I'm not super into like Star Wars lore or anything like that, so I didn't see anything that like truly disappointed me. Um, they, I feel like they tried to tie it too much to the other to the other arcs. Like I think they might have been trying a little too hard. And a, and a friend of mine put it well um, that they it, they just played they played it safe. So which is fine. They had to. Yeah. Because of criticisms, as unfair as some of those criticisms were for the second movie or the one before this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like I haven't seen it yet, but it sounds like they like kind of diverted and just went to uh, as safe as possible for this one. That's what ended up disappointing people. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't I didn't walk out of there like dissatisfied, but I also didn't think that um, Rise of the Jedi or um, was bad either. So, so, um, but I'm you know again I'm not super like invested in this like I don't read any separate books or or you know know things or anything like that. Like, I don't know, that. man. You 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 played a Star Wars video game. You watched a Star Wars TV show. You watched a Star Wars movie. Recently went through all the Star Wars movies, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't. Or, yeah, I haven't gone through all all of them. Yeah, no. But I mean, it's just been on. I've been on a invested. kick since October. Yeah, I guess so. It'll be over by the end of this month. <laughs> But um, yeah, so that's it. I mean, that's really it. Um, I've been messing around a little bit more, just briefly in Destiny, leveling up my character, doing some stuff in the the seasonal event, um, and I having a lot of fun on PC. Because um, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, like the seasonal content, like I I can play the 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 quote unquote new stuff that's in this season. I can play it on PS4 and I can play it on PC, and just the quality of life on PC is just a lot better. The game loads better. The load times uh, are are tremendously faster the menus are easier to navigate um speed wise uh i can i'm learning about adjusting field of view uh it sent me down a rabbit hole of i think remember when i was talking about playing fallen order on origin where i was saying Mm -hmm. i felt like the game was trying to quote unquote like catch up um i think i realized what's going on and it's it's my it was my ram so when i run like a performance test like even when i play like destiny 2 and i run a performance test i'm running at like seven point or you know like seven or i'm sorry like 92 percent of my ram is being my memory is being Mm -hmm. used i only have eight gigs of ram in there so i I believe i'm getting a ram upgrade for a christmas gift so i'm good to jump up to 16 ram 16 gigs of ram so i think that should give me the the buffer that i need and because i was running into some of those issues in destiny where it's a certain times after like after a load like it felt like it had to catch up again like the frame rate would chug for a little while um but I put an SSD in my computer and, uh, you know, uh, put uh, Windows 10 on the SSD and put Destiny on the SSD over the weekend. And it already seems that, like, this. I'm just blown away by, like, how fast, like, my gaming PC now boots up compared to my streaming PC. In SSD, now you know why people are excited about an SSD for the new consoles? Yeah, I've seen SSD improvements, performance on consoles slightly for, like, yeah, for me, like a player like me, or even maybe somebody like you that plays like Overwatch a lot, or plays Destiny a lot, or somebody that plays Call of Duty a lot, I've heard that the the same things that get loaded continuously can mm-hmm. load can load faster on an SSD. It's just kind of how it, it how it caches, I guess. And so Pretty much. Like, if you're you know if you're constantly like if you're somebody that plays a lot of Call of Duty or plays like even like a lot of Madden, and it's kind of loading the same data over and over again, it's going to load that data much faster because it already kind of has it like saved. Um, so I've seen, I've seen that, you know, improvement, um, a little bit on an SSD in the PS4, but just the, the initial boot up. I mean, I only got a 500 gig SSD in the gaming PC. I have a one terabyte standard drive in there that I don't have 
active at the moment. It still has the old operating system on it, and just because I didn't have another SATA cable at the time. So I'm like talking to a couple, you know, friends like uh, a good friend of mine, Wyatt. He's like, you don't really need if you're just gonna if it's just a gaming PC for you, then you can just play, you know, your three or four games and delete them and, and re-download them as needed. That's so. that's how I, I have two hard drives. I have an SSD, 500 gigs in my computer, and then I have a terabyte standard hard drive in my computer. And I technically use the second hard drive, the terabyte hard drive, as the Sartillery to store stuff. But honestly, I only play one or two games at a time, so I've just right. been deleting games off the SSD when I'm done. Yeah, so I'm definitely interested in seeing like how, you know, how Destiny will perform, how um, if I can get Halo, to, if I can play Halo, <laughs> how that'll perform. If um, only. Yeah. Um, it, it, it'll just be a little bit more fun. I'm hoping, you know, maybe with a little bit of cash here or there, I can buy Darksiders Genesis because I really want to play that. Um, so just, you know, like some things I'm looking forward to after the holidays, doing some other small upgrades to some things and, you know, building into 2020 and being able to, you know, stream different stuff for you guys too, uh, for you, everybody to, to, to watch and interact with. So. Um, I didn't go over it because I forgot as we kind of were talking about things. But again, if you, this is your first time listening, obviously we are Digital Days Gaming. Can, <laughs> oh, yeah. We just yeah. kind of just started yeah. up, didn't we? <laughs> and I realized that. But please uh, subscribe to the show if you can. Um, leave a review. Share it with a friend. Tell a stranger. I put that on Twitter the other day. I thought that was kind of funny. Just tell a stranger what you're listening to. Um, the goal is immediately now over the next couple of months is just, just growing the show. We have a... There's certain numbers that Michael and I see every week, and we put some goals in place for some more so to increase those numbers. Um, but you just digitaldaysgaming.com, give it to some people, share the show, leave a review, join the Facebook group, interact with us on Twitter, send us pictures of your your holiday pickups, um, and then just you know continue to just to help us grow. Um, uh, you subscribe to YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/digitaldaysgaming. Follow us on Twitch, Twitch.tv/slash/digitaldaysgaming. And where we are affiliated, so you can use your Twitch sub on us if you want to, or just a regular tiered sub. Um, so what Michael was able to put together over the last couple of days was a list of things that we know for sure of that are happening in 2020, and things that we think are that are rumored to be happening in 2020, and then things that have been confirmed for 2020 but no dates. <laughs> Ton tons of things. We we kind of did this briefly where we just ran through the list. I think when we first started the show, like two months ago, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, where we just really quick ran through some of the highlights and new releases, and I kind of did that for this as well, just to kind of go over what's coming out next year, just so we can take a look at it and just see if we have any discussions that pop up, or notify you if there's something you didn't realize had a release date already. There's a couple things have release dates now that didn't have release dates when we originally went over some of the releases. So, uh, I this isn't a full list because the Wikipedia page for 2020 is packed with stuff, so I just grabbed some highlights that I know me, Dave, and some people in the audience will be interested in. And January, we just start January. The one notable game that I put in January uh, was Dragon Ball Z Kakarai. I probably mispronouncing that, but that's that's what I believe it's called. So that's coming out. I know in Japan, Yakuza Like a Dragon's coming out, uh, and there's uh, Journey to the Savage Planet is coming out the 28th. So there's like three games right there that coming out 
January is kind of the the calm before the storm. I still feel like if you can get if you can release a top tier game in January, you can do really well. No, you definitely can because the games I mentioned are pretty uh, niche. To be to be fair, like Dragon Ball Z is huge, but the, the those games never set the world on fire. So this is a good time for that to release. Uh, the Yakuza games only coming out in Japan, so there's really not too much going on. Journey to Savage Planet is a, like a indie game from Five Hundred Five Games, mm-hmm. which is I, I played it. It it it, it has potential, but I also kind of see the ceiling too. It's not going to be like this big breakaway hit, or at least I don't think it will be. You never know. January is pretty wide open if someone wanted to like drop something and take over that month because once we get into uh march april is kind of when it starts to get a little crazy right so let's go to february that dragon ball z is a fighting game though right no that is an open world oh uh, that's right it's like a full rpg or something like that right yeah which we saw it at the xbox press conference it was at the uh, xbox press conference when i went to e3 i did play it for a little bit okay the funny thing about that is they were talking about how it's like, hey, it's going to have like the the fighting arena style combat that previous games have had, but it's also going to have RPG open world quests and uh, a certain depth that hasn't been there before for this franchise. But when I played it, the side missions were really generic. But it was a year, you know, it was, the game's coming out in January. I saw it in June. Didn't seem too special, but where it takes place in the storyline is a good place for fans of Dragon Ball to play around with. And sounds like it's canonical, like it's a prequel to the anime, but it sounds canonical, so it's a good way to expand the the Dragon Ball universe in certain areas of the universe, which fans would probably be interested in. But let's go over to to February. February is where it starts to get a little crazy. So February 4th, we have like Zombie Army 4, which is a game I didn't realize was popular. Like I've seen the Zombie Army games. This is the fourth one. So it's popular enough to get a fourth game. And I've seen some people really excited for this on social media, which I was kind of shocked by. Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw, I think you saw this at E3, this was Rebellion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, there's that. Uh, And then we have, February 14th, we have Dreams on PS4, gets its official full release. Don't know price, still don't really know what that looks like on day one. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, or episode or two ago. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see how that game is advertised, marketed. And how well it does. Yeah. I mean, it almost feels like... I mean, do you think that they're just putting the foundation in for, like, a solid PS5 update now? Probably. The good thing with this is they, they had their early access run. It's still playable right now. People can still add levels. So there's going to be a lot of content day one. And bringing this to PS5 just makes sense for them, but that's where we get into that weird thing that we've been talking about, where the PS5 is backwards compatible, so is there really a reason for them to do, like, a remastered update, you know, PS5 label on Dreams? It would 
makes sense from like a sales standpoint, maybe. Because people are going to want games day one for the PS5 that say PS5 on them. Yeah, but, but I feel like this is like, Immediate Molecule was like, and still is a gem, you know, of the Sony platform. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like Little Big Planet won, you know, family friendly games of the year and game of the year in some places. And Tearaway Unfolded was, you know, you know, critically loved. I just don't, nobody's talking about this anymore. Early access, non early access, it wasn't, I don't remember seeing it up for any awards in the video game awards or anything. I, I think because it was early access, maybe that's where they like drew the line. Yeah, but didn't PUBG almost win Game of the Year when it was in Steam early access? True. Yes. Maybe they're they're crediting the fact that it's like PS4 early access. Yeah. No, I mean I get what you're saying, and I'm not disputing it, but I just feel like that it's been so long since we'd heard about it, and then it's still really not out, quote unquote. We'll find out February fourteenth. <laughs> what this game looks like. I'm really curious to know what the game looks like. There's still a lot of work that needed to be done in the early access phase, but that's what early access is for. Because the game has amazing stuff in it. People have made some amazing things, but that learning curve is really high for this. It's it's a tough game to crack. So I want to know what like the single player aspect of that looks like. Little Big Planet always had like a story slash tutorial. I want to know how that looks for this. I'm curious, will this have buzz once it's like a full release? Like their early access was until they, they, they sold a certain amount of copies. Or it wasn't how they marketed it. It's like it could get pulled uh, once they, they sold. They didn't say anything. <laughs> like I, I thought it was still on the store at one point in time. They took it off December 10th. So they took yeah. it off just, you know, a week or two ago. And it's just, I want to know what this game ends up being and where it can go from from where it was in early access and will it be a big hit little bit planet was kind of a big deal when it yeah. came out and I mean, it's, it's a playstation greatest hit mm-hmm. yeah it, it sort of made that... that but from what I'm, i mean i know it's not out yet but i mean from everything that we've seen or you know had presented to us in front of dreams i just i just i don't know i don't know if i feel like dreams is a game i just feel like it's a, a studio making thing which is which is totally fine. It's just a matter of how well does something like that sell. Right. But also on February 14th is Darksiders Genesis for the Switch, PS4, and Xbox. That is currently out on PC now, correct? Yes. Or... Yes. PC and Stadia. Yep. PC and Stadia. So Stadia's got something early that the other platforms don't. They bought somebody, too. Did you see that? Who did they buy? I didn't see Tycoon. that. Tycoon. Um, I don't know. All right. Google bought somebody Typhoon Tycoon Tycoon. Okay, yeah. but sorry, I, I'm not. You said Stadia, and then they had something special, and it dawned on me. But I'm not prepared to talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but Darksiders Genesis is going to come out Switch, PS4, Xbox. You're typically you would wait for the PS4 version, um, but you're PC playing now, so yeah. I mean, I have a PC. Like I, I didn't have a PC that could do it at all for a while, so. And now that I have one, I mean, like, it's there. I mean, I want to check it out, and I don't want to wait until February. <laughs> um, and I have no attachment. Since there's no linear attachment to the to the stories or to your characters, it's not like a Mass Effect kind of thing or a, or a save file kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's just a, you know, a top-down Darksiders game. I really, really liked it when I saw it at E3. Um, I, I enjoy the Darksiders franchise, and 
this looks like it's going to be more of the same, and it's it's reviewed really, really well on PC so far, and it looks really good. Like, it just looks really, really good, all the screen, all the video and stuff I saw of it. I, I did do a quick Google search. Google Stadia bought Typhoon Studios, who are actually the developers of the game I talked about a couple seconds ago, Journey to a Savage Planet. So Alex oh. Hutchinson Studio. So former Ubisoft uh, like lead on one of the Assassin's Creed games. That's his studio that was bought by Google Stadia. So they bought... So they look at that segue that we did. Yeah. <laughs> that works to Google during the show sometimes. Okay, so we're still only in February. Nothing major yet. Uh, I, a game I put, or a bundle I put on just because I'm excited for it. February 18th, we have Bayonetta Vanquished 10th Anniversary Bundle for the PS4 and Xbox. I've got a lot I of believe. friends freaking out about that. Because so, apparently like the Bayonetta PS3 port was just terrible. It was. <laughs> it was really bad. It was... I, I think it released around that time where Xbox 360 games were just like the lead platform for like everything. Mm-hmm. So we get a proper version of Bayonetta on a PlayStation console. And Vanquish was a really cool game. I believe this bundle already came out on PC this yeah, month. Yeah, I think it's like the PC port. It just sounds like mm-hmm. that they're porting the PC version to consoles. And, you know, like, and which is great. You know? So, so we, that's February 18th. February 28th, we have Iron Man VR for PSVR. That's cool. I'm, I'm excited about that, especially I'm hoping to have a VR headset uh, by the end of this month. So I'll be able to. No, I didn't buy that. it for you, just so you know. Uh, Dave, you're breaking my heart right now. <laughs> it's supposed to be, you know, like two month anniversary gift. <laughs> oh, right, right to VR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so I, have... Iron Man looked cool. I mean, like a lot of people were, you know, like skeptical of it. Um, you know, our buddy Josh, he actually got to play it, you know, at a VR event. I think almost like two years ago now, a year and a half ago. No, um, no, it was definitely earlier this year because they announced it this year. Right. Okay. Maybe. All right. Um, and he said it's like it, it's not just a like an on rails style game, which what everybody thought it was going to be was like an on rails VR Iron Man game, and it's a it's a free flowing, free flying uh, Iron Man game. Like you are Iron Man, which looks really cool. And PlayStation just getting those Marvel exclusives, which is interesting to to see them. To get that, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised though if this ends up on other platforms eventually. Yeah, but we'll see how that goes. Same day, February twenty eighth, we have the One Punch Man fighting game, which I just put on this list because it's interesting. Because I want to see a fighting game with someone who has the most powerful punch. <laughs> it seems like a dive kick scenario. I know they figured out a way to get around that. Still interested in it. The anime fans will appreciate that knowing that game is coming out right before everything gets completely batshit crazy, because it's definitely a game that will... One Punch Man is the same thing with Dragon Ball Z in terms of those are games that are going to be able to take advantage of being in the early part of the year, because once shit starts flying, (laughs) I think those games get kind of lost in the shuffle. Yeah, for sure. Okay, March, here we go. March is where I think things really take off. So we have Half-Life Alex for uh, Oculus and Vive and Steam VR or whatever they have. That doesn't have like a specific day, but the trailer did say March 2020. So that's going to be huge. Half-Life fans will be elated, angry, 
and they'll love to mixed, hate it. They'll lo- love to hate it. The people that hate it are the ones that don't have a VR headset. People that love it are going to obviously be people with a VR headset that have to lie to themselves that this is a Half Life game they're always waiting for. So we have that. Uh, okay, uh, just so you guys know, these release dates are from like Wikipedia, so some of these dates could be slightly off. Apologize for that. But we have the 3rd of March, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a possible PlayStation exclusive for six months to a year, uh, according to some leaks, which sounds like a real clusterfuck for people on other platforms, because this is going to be an episodic type of thing, so are they going to have to wait yeah, a year? Yeah, but we still don't even know like how long it's going to be before like the versions of the game come out, so... It's, man, it could be a super cluster if they have a year exclusive on each oh, episode. Oh, or, that sounds terrible. Right? Doesn't <laughs> it sound like a horrible, like, un- anti-consumer? Especially, like, it's not a, okay, so Final Fantasy VII is a, is a you know, a game that a lot of people have played already. I would say that, I'd probably say that 75% of the people that buy it would be playing it for more than the first time. I could agree with that. Maybe um, even higher than that. Yeah, and but at the same time, like if there's any alterations to the story at all, or any additional dialogue, or, you know, because like the fighting is different, and they're spending more time and they're flushing out more of the area in the at least in, in whatever they're calling episode one. But like for somebody just to be on a different platform on a PC or an Xbox and not to be able to experience something and have to hear and like almost have to shut themselves down, it would be it would be like if. Star Wars released in Michigan and not in Illinois, <laughs> like for a week, you know, mm-hmm. like it's when it's when it's a custom skin or a, a like a multiplayer map or even a weapon like, you know, like similar to this or like I feel like when, you know, like Call of Duty was having the, you know, the early access or what they have right now with the two, the co-op, the cooperative mode in Modern Warfare, like that's not like campaign driven content you know it's multiplayer content it's not Mm -hmm. there's no massive story or anything that's in there and it would just suck for you for somebody to be in school and and something to happen like you know a junior in high school or you know in seventh or eighth grade and looking forward to final fantasy and being an xbox player and sitting next to somebody that spoils like a major plot in final fantasy because they have it two months early What, what about the scenario where Final Fantasy VII Remake is PS4 exclusive for a year, but it's only a two-part series. And the following year, Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 comes out, and then on the other consoles, it's just the package together. Does that then screw over the people that bought the first game? That all sounds terrible. <laughs> right? Like, there's no win scenario. Like, there's no winning in this scenario. I'm all for exclusives from because they make sense from a business standpoint. From a dollars and cents standpoint, I get it. You pay a certain amount of money. The hopes of it is to get the people to engage into your platform first. But a lot of the times that's, you know, early access like a week or 30 days or stuff that's not story driven. Um, I can't really think of any, you know, like... I can't think of anything I could really compare it to. Like the 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 one that didn't work was Tomb Raider. 
Yeah, Square, and it says Square 2, so yeah. Square learned that that was a bad idea. Yeah, and it didn't work, and then, quote-unquote, the better version came out a year later anyways, with all the DLC. So, it's like, it's, I don't know, I hope that's not the case. I would rather it be exclusive forever than to turn into a cluster that it could potentially turn into. Third-party exclusives suck. I, I, I like If it's not going to be exclusive forever, I, I almost feel like, what's the point? It is what it is. I'm looking forward to it. I, I wasn't expecting to look forward to it until I played it at E3, and I actually enjoyed what I played, because they fixed the combat. Made the combat more appealing to me as a player. I, I, I'm going to play it. I know I'm going to play it. I Luckily, I kind of have every console right now, so like whatever <laughs> platform it you know was going to come out on, I, I would have been covered. Are you going to play it? Because I know you played Final Fantasy. You don't really play Final Fantasy VII games, but you played this one. I played Seven like, years ago. Um, I'd love to check it out. Uh, I don't think it would be something that I would purchase, like, right away, though. Like, it's not something <laughs> that I purchase on launch. No. I mean, if there's a lot of hype around it and there's a lot of people talking about it, like, hey, you really got to check this out and got to play it, and, like, I probably, I might pick it up. Uh, if it comes to, like, you know, Game Pass or something like that, like, yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> if you had infinite money, would yeah, you buy for it? sure. I would check you, it out. You'd yeah. get it day one. Yeah. Okay. That, that, well, I figured I'd put that in that caveat in. Yeah. Continuing on, uh, the 11th of March, we have Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I didn't play the original Ori game. I need to, and I and I want to. So. Is it on Game Pass? I believe it I, is. It's, a, it's okay. a Microsoft Studio. Yeah. So I should probably play that. That is going to be on Xbox and I'm assuming PC because it's, it's a Microsoft exclusive. Uh, then moving on to the 13th of March, we have Neo 2. Didn't play the first Neo. I know people are excited for this. I missed the chance because they did that beta weekend yeah. in November. I, I completely missed that. The game I'm really excited about, March 20th, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons. Super excited about that. Well, not necessarily I'm excited about it. Sarah is really excited about it, which means I will probably not see my Switch for however long it takes to, to play that. And if it's like the other Animal Crossings, there'll be specific calendar events that you have to use in real time. Like, you have to wait to a real day to see, so I may never see my Switch again. I might need to buy a Switch Lite just to be on the safe <laughs> side. Going the complete opposite direction of Animal Crossing New Horizons, the same day we have Doom Eternal coming out for PS4, PC, Xbox One, and Stadia, which I believe that's the first time I've said the word Stadia uh, for these releases. I feel like when a game comes out on PC now, like it's going to be on Stadia. You would think that, but Stadia's having hell of an issues. Did you hear about the Borderlands 3 stuff with Stadia? Briefly, it's like it's that running well it's not like the most current it's not the most current version patched version or something it's as current as of october 24th which it kind of goes against all the stadia stuff of like don't have to worry about patching a game you're going to get the most optimized version of the game worry free play you're getting a two-month old yeah, but they're, version are they blaming is stadia blaming uh excuse me is stadia blaming gearbox for that there might have been some light PR talk where they just said, like, we give all the tools available, but it clearly isn't a priority for Gearbox, which I don't blame them. It's not even in full 
form yet, so why should they put the resources in it? But mm-hmm. Doom Eternal was showcased at the Stadia, un, you know, like unveil. So hopefully this turns out to be like a really good version of Doom Eternal. I don't see why it wouldn't, but it is, you know, first time. We'll see Stadia pop up on this list, really, and we'll see it pop up uh, one or two more times mm-hmm. beyond this. I'm not the biggest Doom fan. I played the Doom games as a kid. I actually picked up Doom on the PS4 because it was on sale this weekend for $5, I think. I might see if it's cheaper on Steam and run it on my PC instead and waste $5, but that's a sandwich, so it's fine. (laughs) Moving on, we have March 24th, we have Bleeding Edge. For Xbox and PC, so this is the Ninja Theory game. It's multiplayer combat game from Ninja Theory, which is opposite of what I like about Ninja Theory, but <laughs> it is what it is. Any any thoughts on Bleeding Edge? We really haven't seen too much of Bleeding no, Edge. No, it's just for for some reason, and I know this is a disservice of Bleeding Edge when I say this, and I'm sorry, but I get a drawn to death vibe from it. Ooh, ooh, that's so mean. I know, but you don't get that kind of vibe from it, though. That uh, like it's an arena shooter, like that. No, I get a blood. Uh, uh, um, what was the Gearbox game? Oh, um, I have, I have it. Um, blood something. No, I yeah, I can't. Uh, you're gonna make me look it up. Ah, uh, I uh, God damn it! Uh, damn it! Someone's screaming it right yeah. now. Um, I know what you're Battleborn. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Battleborn, I get Vegas. the yeah. Battleborn vibe. Because Drawn to Death was just a bad game in general. I, I really disliked. I just, like, I, I guess, yeah, maybe, like I said, it's probably a bad example, but, like, the. I get the bad arena shooter vibe from it. And I it's not a okay. shooter, right? No, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's combat. A brawler or something. Yeah, it's a combat brawler based game. But it is multiplayer focused, so I kind of I, I I see where you're going in terms of if you want to look at it as a game that will come out and kind of be forgotten. I, I it has a potential to to be that, and which is the, scary. The, the greater concern of that is they are owned by a company now that's like that was a failure. You're done. I think they have a little bit more rope than that, just because they have uh, Hellblade Two already announced. Yes, I, and I think Microsoft is handling their studios better, but when you say that you think they have a little bit more rope than that, I think everybody thought the same thing when they purchased Rare. But they haven't killed Rare. They've just been putting Rare on some <laughs> bullshit work until <laughs> Sea of Thieves came out. And that's honestly on Microsoft because they they didn't let Rare do anything mm-hmm. for so long, and all the people that made Rare Rare left and you know did like Ukulele and other studios. That by the time they're like, hey, Rare, it's time for you to make Sea of Thieves, they were only a shell of themselves. And Sea of Thieves turned around eventually. But I, I get your fear. I, I totally get your fear with what they could happen with Ninja Theory. I, I Hellblade 2 will save them if Bleeding Edge fails. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's you take a, such a talented studio. And, and, and I think that Ninja Theory was working on this before Microsoft bought them, right? They they had it been with yeah. how fast it's been. But it's, it's almost like... All right, Naughty Dog, make a kart racer. 
Like, but they did. Naughty Dog did make a kart racer. And it was not fucking the current Naughty Dog. Hmm? Not the current Naughty Dog. It's been the same Naughty Dog forever, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, but but that that's March twenty fourth. Then to wrap up March, we have Persona Five Royale. Or Royal. I skipped Persona Five. I played Persona Four Golden uh, on the Vita. I was disappointed with Persona 5. Did Persona 5 come out on the Vita? If not, I should probably pick it up if it did. I think that's all of them did. I, I like Persona 4 Golden on the Vita as a handheld. I was really hoping Persona 5... There's still rumors that this could be a Switch game too eventually, or a version of Persona 5 would be on the Switch. Uh-huh. I'm holding out for that, because I, I like my Switch. I know some people that were considering like Persona games, especially that like the Gold Edition to be like the like Game of the Year contenders for some... Yeah, because they add enough new content to them, so it's not this uh, general like Game of the Year edition. They actually add enough content that it feels like a no, no, no. Like it was, I thought it was up for Game of the Year for some people, like last year or two years ago. Uh, yeah, Persona Five was, and then Persona yeah. Four Golden also, I believe, was a contender when that game came out. So this is just what they do, right? All right, let's move on to April. April third, we have Resident Evil Three. Which we we discussed during our gamer, the Game Awards show podcast. So this is going to be Resident Evil Three and that multiplayer mode Resistance, which looks really cool. Which looks really cool. Still concerning because of Evolve and. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Evolve. We're just thinking of like all bad games that. Well, no, but I mean, like, it's like okay, like the studio already tried something like this, and I mean that's yeah, I have. You know, Capcom has been in great shape with terms of what they've been doing lately, and I have full confidence in their ability to redo RE3 to the standards of Resident Evil fans. Um, the multiplayer thing looks really cool, but it it worries me if you if you do multiplayer wrong, you can't really ever. It's very very hard to fix. Which is why I think they decided to bundle it up with Resident Evil Three because it might not have sold well by itself. Resident Evil Three by itself will sell really well mm-hmm. and then people will actually play the multiplayer mode that wouldn't because it's just included with resident evil 3 right so maybe capcom saw something in the multiplayer that were like mm, this isn't going to be a standalone 60 dollars game but then want to throw that work away which happens in the video game industry all the time where games just get canceled we heard ubisoft you know canceled a game that was in development for three years recently mm-hmm at least Capcom didn't fully abandon it. They had some confidence. You they, think that that game was Skull and Bones? No, I think we would have heard <laughs> the name Skull and Bones, which yeah. I keep forgetting exists until it's E3 time, and I'm like, you think they're going to show Skull and Bones? And then they don't. <laughs> Fuck. Skull, it's funny, Skull and Bones is not listed on the 2020 yeah, nope. video game wiki page. I don't have to see. Yeah. Ah oh, man, it depresses me. Skull and Bone looks so cool. I didn't even get a chance to play it. You played Skull and Bone. Yeah, a couple times, actually. That's crazy, though, because it's, it's been around long enough you played it a couple times. Yeah. It's gonna be like the the new Last Guardian. <laughs> oh, God. Duke Nukem Forever. It's <laughs> No, it's gonna be Beyond Good and Evil 2. <laughs> Which has gone silent as well. So. Oh, yeah, it did, hasn't it? Oh, man, Ubisoft, why? Moving on to happier news, hopefully happier news. April 16th, we have Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4, yeah. PC, Xbox, and Stadia. 
Nobody cares about that game. No, no. And when I asked all the people on Twitter and Facebook what they wanted, almost no one said Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to those later. Uh, spoiler alert, there's a fair amount of people for this game. I'm excited for this, as you know. I, the last two E3s, seeing this game behind closed doors, each time they show more and more of a game that immediately interests me, they've been pretty open about this development cycle. I'm excited. You can't fuck Keanu, though. Dave? <laughs> um, it, I, I love how it looks. I'm just not into that. I don't think I'm into that genre of the cyberpunk genre. It just doesn't grab me yet. The game aspects look really cool. And unfortunately, when I was actually like, I'm, I really, like, I remember you and I at E3 are talking about it. Like, I understand that this game is like on the top of everybody's list. I need to see, I want to know what's going on. Then I got to go to the theater presentation. And during that theater presentation, like so much crap was going on behind the scenes for us that I was so distracted that I feel like I shouldn't even have gone to the presentation. So. No, I, I remember. Yeah, you're on your phone. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Everything's on fire. Yeah, so it's just like I was like, oh, so I need to do some more research in it. I am trying to down the road reach out to Paris of Gamertag and have Paris come on and like let Paris and Michael just like nerd out and sell me on Cyberpunk. Like that's a that's a goal. Um, I know I can get Paris to come on the show. It's just a matter of us getting our schedules to link up correctly. Um, but Paris loves that game. Like, he's, oh yeah, he's my main source for yeah. cyberpunk news at this point. Yeah, so I would love to to have you guys like, and that's kind of like the, the in my mind, like the sh- like okay, like tell me why I want to play this, and like let let the two of you just have it, kind of have this conversation about it, and like CD the the level that CD Projekt Red is on in terms of their ability to 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 self publish and and to be like, well, we'll just do whatever we want because we can. It's really cool. It's cool. It's crazy that they have so much freedom. I'm I'm really excited for this game. I'm hoping it's good. The only thing I can see being an issue is if they can't nail the combat because they've never done a, a shooter before. Witcher franchise has been always really well story wise. Combat has always been kind of an issue with the Witcher games that they had a patch kind of kind of a lot of patches just to get it, you know, the combat where it was at a more casual, acceptable level on consoles. They had to they had to do several patches to get it to a point that I don't even think they, they really achieved. But yeah, I still loved but, the Witcher. I mean, didn't, yeah, but didn't the combat being like a run, a, a you know, a mark or two down on it, but like the the quest designs and the rewards that, and and yeah. the game and the the world building and the and the character development, like it all overshadowed, you know, rough gameplay. Rough, For sure, like, and rough gameplay is not giving it a challenging gameplay. Challenging gameplay, sometimes like kind of mediocre gameplay, but yeah, everything that the, the some of the best side quests that I've ever played in an mm. open world. Are in The Witcher, the storytelling, the world building, all that stuff. They're just at a high, high level. That Cyberpunk 2077 has a chance. Witcher 3 sold really well. It's probably their best selling game. It, I mean, it got Witcher into 
you know, the media space enough for Netflix to make a show on the books. Cyberpunk has a chance to break through at an even higher level because of it being a shooter, because of the setting. I just really hope they can deliver the combat aspect that you kind of need once you break into that like larger audience. But I know I'm probably going to end up loving it just because I'm so into the cyberpunk stuff and been watching YouTube videos going into the lore, uh, the tabletop RPG that it's kind of based on, you know, like a D&D role-playing thing it's based on. I was looking into that, all that stuff. Sounds super cool. They have the best play set that they can have, and it's just now a matter of them executing on everything they showed. Right. But yeah, that's enough about Cyberpunk. We'll probably hear me talk about Cyberpunk up until the game comes out, and then probably based on how I play open world RPGs, several months <laughs> after it comes out. Uh, we're still in April. April 24th, we have Predator Hunting Grounds on PS4 PC. They finally showed some gameplay for that. I mean, it's one of those like 4v1 or 3v1 games. Could be pretty cool. Yeah, I, again, I just get the evolved vibe from this. So hopefully one of these games gets a, a really good, you know, push. And if this is a genre that care, you know, like, if this can be something that grabs people's attention for a couple months, I think that you have a great opportunity to to hold the market for a little while. Yeah, Friday the 13th did pretty well. People definitely like Friday the 13th. So we've seen certain levels of success in this genre. Predator hunting grounds, despite the Predator games... Like, Predator having a history in gaming. It's, like, spotty. This could be really good. But we'll we'll move on from there. April 28th, we have Gear Tactics, which is Microsoft's version for the Gears universe, like Halo Wars. That's coming to Xbox PC. Not really too excited for it, but I put it on there just because it's something new in Gears. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we have May. We have May 15th. Marvel's Avengers, which is pushed back already. I mean, always say May. I believe they said May at first, and then they gave it the May fifteenth date, like with a second announcement. But I could be wrong. All right. But this is PS4, PC, Xbox Stadia. You saw a demo of this being played. I believe there was more footage of the gameplay. The gameplay actually looked pretty good once they started to show some of the gameplay. Still not a big fan of the character design, but what are you thinking about Marvel's Avengers? Um, yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's gotten a lot of crap about the the facial animations and um, just the kind of like whatever kind of graphics they're going for. Um, but the you know, I love cooperative games. Um, I think that they're they were trying to strike on you know ride the Avengers train that seems to have simmered down a little bit over the last six or seven months, but may or may not ramp back up. Um, you know, I saw the Black Widow trailer this weekend. Uh, you know, so there's some things that are looking pretty promising in that universe. Um, but a, a four-player superhero cooperative game, if done correctly, uh, could be tons and tons of fun. Uh, it looks very microtransaction heavy, though. Potentially, because they did say they're adding like new costumes, new heroes. They could definitely do that. And they said the new heroes and maps are going to be free. Yeah, but it's giving me that games-as-a-service vibe, and that's a hard market mm-hmm. to crack. So, probably a lot of cosmetics. Well, it, and then I wonder, too, like, how... I worry, like, if, if it is kind of like this new hero thing, is there are there origin stories for these for these heroes? Is, is there 
you know, like how does this, how is this going to work in terms of like the, the fear of falling behind? You hear it with Division and Destiny and even like Overwatch and um, some of these other games of where like you're behind your friends and when your friends are playing, then you're not with them. Like, can this still happen in Avengers? And if it can't happen, what draw is there to, to me after completing the campaign to go back and play the same campaign again with a different hero? It's just going to come down to their pipeline. You know, they said new maps. It's Is that gameplay going to be tight enough that you can play like new maps that don't really have too much story behind them? They can right. just jump in, jump out with your friends. It's going to be important to that. I'm more interested in the post-game content for this than I am in the initial launch. For yeah, this. but do you want it to be... Like, I want to really, I would really like a four, you know, and cooperative games are hard. Like, does it progress for you as the host? Like, we saw that with, like, Far Cry games and, um, you know, other games that have weird co-op mechanics. Like, you know, what happens if I start playing a game on Friday, you don't start playing until Sunday? Like, how does it work? How do we play together? Is there replayability for me to go back and help you? You know, like, there's a lot of questions. I, I... I'm expecting it to be more Destiny than Far Cry in terms of just the jump in, jump out. I would assume the replayability would be just picking a different hero and going from there. You know, if you're playing with someone else, like, okay, you're playing Hulk this time. Oh, I'm just, I already did this as Cap. I'm going to go as Thor. Or I have the, the, the Kamala DLC, so I'm going to, I'm going to play as Miss Marvel. Right, and it just—I just hope that there's a reason for that, other than "Hey, look at me!" like that, because we know that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Square's done a really good job lately, so I'm not saying that they can't do it. Crystal Dynamics has done a great job as well. Yeah, but just uh, tighten up those faces and some of that character design stuff, and I, I, I'm on board. Then this is the last uh, game on our our list that has an actual release date. Uh, May 29th, we have The Last of Us Part 2. This is like their firm release date after they announced a release date and then delayed it to this day. I don't know if there's much to say on this. I I know I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. Yeah. Sad no multiplayer. But I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we've seen enough, and I'm just ready for it to come out and see how the story evolves. Like, I love their storytelling, so um, it's definitely one of the top things that I'm looking forward to uh, in the next, you know, six months. It's it's up there. I mean, Marvel's right there, um, but uh, like, it, what the story that Naughty Dog's trying to tell in the in the world that they're trying to build with Last of Us. I I hope this isn't the end, you know. No, I I feel like they're working in a trilogy, hopefully. They built a pretty cool universe to, like, even if they move away from, you know, Ellie, they, they, there's still room for them to play. So, The, the Last of Us 2. Uh, of the games that we mentioned already, what, what game on that list are you the most excited for? It probably has to be Last of Us. I mean, okay. just... Yeah. I was hoping it'd be out sooner because now it's just wedged in there with all that other stuff, like April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be sandwiched in between some some major games, but at least it's at like the tail end of of some of the craziness. Uh, but I'm going to go through the list really quick of the unknown release dates, but they're scheduled for 2020. Uh, this list is kind of scary because we have some 
a lot of games in here that are just going to be wedged into this early half of the or first half of the year, probably just to get out before the new consoles. So we have Ghost of Tsushima, which is summer, so June, July, August, probably, probably August, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we have Deadly Premonition Two on the Switch. It's a cult indie kind of weird game, but it's still something that's gonna be interesting. Fucking Dying Light Two. <laughs> that's not out yet. That is not fucking out yet. That is scheduled for Q two. So it's going to be right in that, like, that fucking April, you know, March mix. You love that game. I love that game, but it's one of those things where I've seen it at enough trade shows that I just, like, please just release. It looks so good. I'm worried it's going to get lost in the shuffle because they waited so long for it that I almost wouldn't hate it if it just slipped into a PS5 game. Yeah, but that's another kind of one of the games of service kind of thing, right? They have aspects of that. I mean, they're still supporting Dying Light 1 with content. Yeah, they uh, but had it a had, huge it, expansion come out like two years ago for that. And they've still been releasing like little stuff here and there for the first one. So, But Dying Light 2, like a very story-focused game. I, I'm excited for that. I'm just worried when it's going to come out. Uh, continuing through the list, we have Godfall, which is a PS5 game coming out in the holiday. Don't really know too much. It has the word looter in the description, so Dave might be interested in that when it comes out. It looked really cool. Like the Yeah. The, I mean the characters, like a little bit of the trailer that I saw, but it doesn't sound like it I don't know what that what I don't know what a looter slasher is. <laughs> uh we we have Halo Infinite for the Xbox Series X and Xbox One. That's Q four. Hopefully I will get through all the Halo games on PC before Infinite comes out. Because it will be on Game Pass, which means I'll, I'll have access to it, as long as they keep Game Pass going on PC. Yeah, as long as I can use their controller, yeah. <laughs> Psychonauts 2 is PS4, PC, Xbox. That got delayed specifically because Microsoft bought them and gave them money so they can make the game. You know, they, they got the check and they're like, cool, we can now take our time with Psychonauts 2, which is fantastic. Still coming out to PS4, PC, so that's fine. Hellblade 2, which is going to be for the Xbox Series X, Q4. A game I put on the list is Skatebird, which is the game where you're a little bird that skates. That's coming to the Switch late 2020. Uh, a game I forgot about. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Quarantine for PS4, PC, Xbox. It was given a release date between April 2020 and May 2021. Yeah, this a probably... It got pushed. Yeah. That was one of their, like, they... They kind of pushed back after some of the Division 2 and Gross Recon Breakpoint issues. Um, you don't have Watch Dogs on your list either. Watch Dogs Legion. No, it is. It's on the list right after oh, okay. it. Yeah. So, and then Watch Dogs was also delayed. That's PS4, Xbox, PC. That's Q3, Q4. So it's going to release kind of during the holiday season with the new consoles. I'm assuming it was just delayed so they can release it for the next gen. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably obviously come out on the, on the previous one as well. Or they'll have the up- Ubisoft will be one of the leaders in like some kind of upgrade program or, or you know upper res upper textures. They did that with Xbox or with the, the Assassin's Creed games, right? If you bought like yeah. the PS3 version, you got upgraded. And like Watch Dogs One had that ten dollar upgrade too as well. Yeah. Uh, so so that's it for games that like I thought were notable that everyone would be interested in. Ton of games next year. Definitely a big improvement over 2019 in terms of the volume of like 
high quality AAA games. I'm excited, but let's just get into quickly just a little bit of like prediction for the next gen. Uh, one thing I put in here: uh, Are we still talking about Stadia next year? Yeah, we are. I mean, they're like not, to I the end of next year. Yes. Okay. It, it, I I mean, there has to be some like massive improvement to it, um, obviously, but I don't think it's going anywhere that quickly. With as much push as they've done behind it, and, um, but I mean, there is concern for it. If we're, if are we still talking about it? If it's, you know, has to be played on specific hardware and it's not living up to the near expectations that they talked about. Like, no, they need to make sure that they're pushing this envelope sooner than later, and you know, having some not even necessarily exclusive content, but having some, you know, like way of like, you know, getting developers to do a lot more cross save things. And like right now, if you have a Stadia. The only reason that you would really have a Stadia, I feel like, is if you're a really, like, a hardcore, like, Destiny fan that wants to be able to play your game on the go, because it comes with it for free. Um, so, and, like, other than that, there's, I don't see any reason to play, right, currently, right now, I don't see any reason to pay the full price for, you know, a game that you could, what appears to be, to get truly better performance out of a console than it does out mm-hmm. of a Stadia right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming the Stadia will be here. I just don't know. I'm really hoping they kind of turn it around and figure out. They need their big exclusive. That's what they need. Yeah. I don't know if they'll be able to deliver a big exclusive, though, at least within the next year. It's because anything that's already announced is already taken or already announced for multi-platforms. So they, they need their, their big thing. They really should have delayed the launch until... 2020. I think their biggest mistake is like is is charging a subscription for essentially for 4K. Like, because mm-hmm. if you if you're a 4K style of gamer right now, you you have uh you know a pro and you have a high end monitor or TV, or you play on PC and your PC is already strong enough to do it that you don't really need Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um. I see huge potentials with Stadia. I've heard about people like playing games on their phone, like at their kid's school, and you know being able to do things. And as long as they have a solid connection, like they're fine. If that's if that is potential, like to where you can, you know, take a tablet or something with you and 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 connect to you know cafeteria Wi-Fi or something like that and be able to play, then you know like there there's massive potential there. But just as a home system, I just don't think it's going to work in the current system that they're building with it right now. I, I just recently got access to Stadia, and I'm excited, but also a little bummed out because the games that are currently on Stadia, I just really have no interest in. Right. Because I got uh, someone gave me a, a buddy pass, so I really hope they get their library together. Uh, at least for the subscription, like they need like some sort of exclusive thing for me to be on there. Because I don't feel like shelling out $60 for a game on Stadia right now, so I need that subscription model to like work in my favor. Right. I, 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 I'm just fearful because they don't have an exclusive or a big exclusive, and they probably won't have one for another like two, three years unless they buy something. Yeah. And, and I'm not even one of these people, like, I don't have a desire to play games on a tablet, like, 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 I, you know, that doesn't matter to me or play, you know, like if I'm playing on my Chrome browser, I'm going to play at my desk in front of my computer, in front of my TV screen. Like, I'm not one of these, you know, like I, 
don't want to click. I don't want to carry a controller with me. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't want to take my Dual Shock controller with me with a phone clip and play Stadia on my lunch break at work. Like, I, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So, but that is other people. And yeah. Hopefully, it works for them. Uh, continuing the predictions, uh, do you have a prediction for the cost of an Xbox Series X and a PS5? Um, well, it sounds like Xbox is going to do multiple SKUs, so if they do multiple SKUs, I predict between 450 and 600 450 on the low end and 600 on the high end. Um, and I think Sony will come in at right at 500 Yeah, so you're just 500 Yeah, I'm... I'm not going to be surprised, especially with the SSD stuff, like immediately driving the cost. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be 500 for both of them. 500 for both of them, or uh, 500 each. If Xbox doesn't release a secondary SKU, like a low end SKU, which sounds like they might do, or they might have confirmed it for all I know. If they do the low end SKU. And the high end skew, then I can totally see it being like four hundred and six hundred or five hundred and six hundred. Though I, I, they probably would want like more than a hundred dollar difference between the skews, because then you're just kind of yeah. putting people, you're kind of forcing people. Then I feel like if you put someone in a situation where it's like you can buy this skew for five hundred, this skew for six hundred, or you could just buy the PS4 for, or PS5 for you know this price, you know five hundred. Then people are just going to go with the PS5 just because it's less confusing. Right. I want them to hit 400 like they did last gen. I just don't know if we're going to see it because I think the Xbox Series or the Xbox One X. Oh god, I'm already in. <laughs> Xbox One X. I think that's still at 400. dollars I think the PS4 Pro is at like what 300, 350. So the prices on the current gen are still really high. Mm-hmm. To where I, I the next gen will probably I want it to be at 400. Oh, but no I. Way. Yeah, I, it's probably going to be five hundred. So um, I got a, I got a question though that I thought about this week since you know like and again it kind of dawned on me while I've been messing with my PC and and you know um, what okay so we've seen the the new Xbox and we've seen how large it is allegedly um, and they did confirm it could be laid down flat by the way um, but what if you could instead of being two different SKUs, what if essentially it has like a graphics, like a like almost like a GPU switch out? That would be insane. I just can you imagine them putting that on the shelf at a store though? Yeah, I can. Okay, so <laughs> here's here's the box. Well, I think it'd be better, and I think Sony could do the same thing though. But like instead of like you know releasing a new system you know because okay so microsoft released essentially three systems in this generation three different yeah, systems S, xbox yeah. one xbox one s xbox one x yeah and sony did two with the ps4 and the ps4 pro what if the system costs you know 500 bucks and a gpu switch out is 100 bucks 150 bucks i don't and think it would be that low you're talking about like the most expensive part of the console, though. That would be crazy, unless they do an upgrade program where, like, they you buy it directly from Microsoft and then you have to ship out your old one. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I just think that with something being that that big, like I think that 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 possibility is there. Part of why the the reason why they don't want you know like that we've we've heard that it can't be you know like it's weird to do it on playstations and stuff like that is because of how everything is so condensed, tightly compressed into the systems that moving something around. But like this would almost be like you know like a cartridge switch out. I feel like you could you know like eject it from the back and then change and change it out and upgrade it. Um, to something else like differently or you it, it, and obviously this isn't happening but you buy the 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 case that has like the disk drive and mm-hmm. you know like the like the ability to read the controllers and then you pick which which gpu you want the only way to that working is that's like a feature they don't have at launch that is a mid-console upgrade thing right and then they release that just so people don't feel like slighted <laughs> you know like early on or just like ah oh, shit i should have bought the more expensive one for hundred dollars i i could see that being a potential for like their their x or their pro version of the new consoles but, but, I, you, I, I, but you were just saying that like the if microsoft brings out two SKUs, that they'd want at least about a hundred dollar difference between the two right mm-hmm. so yeah. what would be the main difference between the upgraded version and the standard version well, I think they would want definitely more than a hundred. Like, I think that's why your four fifty six hundred makes sense, like a hundred and fifty dollar upgrade. Right. Uh, anything like if it's like a hundred dollar thing, I feel like that just it will make the PlayStation seem more appealing because it's just a simpler choice. Because like if you're a parent and you don't really know anything about consoles, you're gonna see like okay, there's like two Xbox things and it was talking about upgrades, or there's just like the PS Five console. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna go for that. I spent four hundred dollars on my PlayStation. I didn't, and I, it, I still have my launch edition PlayStation Four. I did not have when I saw the Pro announced. I did not have a tangible desire to go spend four hundred dollars again on a system that would just play the same stuff. But would I spend two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars on an upgrade that could play the, the same stuff I have but better? Mm-hmm. I think I would. Yeah, I I think you're, but you know just enough about computers that you know, in, like, gaming that you'd be interested in it. I'm just trying to see that appeal for, like, the casual market. I think it's a it's a more appealing than to tell them, like, hey, you just, you know, you, you change this out, um, and then, then here's another box. Oh, well, I already have that That's box. That's very consumer-friendly, but they would probably much rather sell you another box. Like, that, that is a very consumer-friendly idea of just, like, hey, you just swap parts out, and you're good to go. They... I would assume the manufacturers are just interested in selling another box. I guess. But, yeah. I I can see the upgrade path coming, like, mid-generation. Um, just because it's the, the, the Pro stuff and the X stuff did... Well, let's sell the X, just because it came out probably a little too late. That did, like, prolong the generation cycle. So if they yeah. could figure out a way to make that module to, like, extend later on, that would probably make sense. But, like, the module stuff, like, launch-wise would probably be kind of a cluster. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to go through a, you know, a three-console cycle again. Well, I don't either. I don't either. I, I just think, sadly, we're in that cycle. It would be so cool if, like, when the Xbox One X comes out, or Series X comes out, fuck, and the <laughs> PS, PS5 comes out, that we notice, like, hey, this shit's, like, really easy to pull parts out, and it's just, like, three years down the road we find out why uh but that might lead to 
another fear they could have is that maybe that would make them more susceptible to like hacking if they make it like to Lego piece. But Microsoft yeah. seems like they might be willing to take that chance, that that type of risk, just the way how they like publish their games now. Mm-hmm. I that if anyone were to do your idea, it would definitely be Microsoft. I don't see Sony doing anything like that because they 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 they're very simple in how they see things. They're very old school. Uh, Microsoft is definitely the progressive one. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and we'll, we're probably expecting another November release because we never get away from November releases. Uh, but you want to run through some of the uh, predictions and uh, the things that the community is into? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, uh, just freaked out on me on my computer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, okay, so uh, Hussan Sa- uh, Saeed, uh, he uh sent us a message, or uh, put a Facebook post. Uh, the game I'm mostly eager to see and play is Final Fantasy VII. It has been my favorite game ever since the PS1. I'm really looking forward to see how it will look, uh, how it will look like and impact me in the remake, and want to see more of the previous RPGs have new installments, like Xenosaga, Shadow Hearts, Suikoden, and many more. Uh, so yeah, he, he's, he's looking forward to, to Final Fantasy VII Remake a lot of people are. You're going to see a lot of these. A lot of these messages are like relatively short, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see Square because Square has a huge back catalog that they can dip into if Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, goes well. Especially they probably see all that money Capcom's making and are doing the Square Enix thing and making it just significantly more complicated than it should be. Um, do you want to take the the next one from uh, Alfonso? Yeah, so Alfonso sends an email. Uh, did he send this one to the new email? Yes, podcast yeah. at digitaldaysgaming.com. Awesome. So thank you, Alfonso. So he's, um, I have always been team PlayStation, but seeing the new Xbox got me intrigued, but skeptical because Microsoft, to me, doesn't deliver. I know nothing really about the requirements for Xbox Pass. I have good. I have a good PC to play the games, so what plan should I invest in and what games would you recommend to play? Um, just get Games Pass right now. I think you can get Games Pass on PC for like three months for like a dollar a month. Currently. Yeah, and then after that, it's five dollars yeah. a month. So, and if especially if you like, if you're similar to like my situation where you haven't really played much of anything on Xbox, um, then there's tons of great games on there. Like Outer Worlds is on there. Halos, the the Halo games are going to be coming out on there over time. Uh, the Gears games are on there. Uh, anything going forward that Microsoft releases from uh, the, the direct Microsoft Studios will be on there, and it's you know at five bucks a month times twelve is sixty bucks. You're getting more than one AAA game value out of it for sure. Like you're getting well more than one AAA game value out of a hundred percent. The biggest thing is like that that I've had success with Alfonso personally over the last two months, like diving into PC gaming, is there's a website called um, Can You Run It or Can I Run It? Let me get the exact thing. Hang on. Um, and I use that website um, to look for the specific game that I'm looking for, and it will analyze your PC and tell you um, what you can do. So it's um, it, the website is actually called System Require Requirements Labs System Requirements Lab and then C Y R I is can you run it? Um, and you can search for a game. And it it will tell you the minimum and 
the, the minimum specs, the recommended specs. And it'll, it'll tell you exactly what you have a problem with. Um, and that's how I discovered that I needed to get a better GPU, a, you know, graphics processor unit, or you might need to upgrade your RAM, which can be, you know, relatively cheap depending on the route that you go or that your PC just can't do it. Um, and don't be put off about recommended settings or minimum settings being at minimum standards. Um, like Michael put it, like, I don't have a super powerful PC. I think him and I were conversating or he said on, a, on the podcast, like, my gaming PC is maybe a small rung above a PlayStation and an Xbox One X, an Xbox One, and it's a step down from, like, a Pro. So it's right in between the two. Like, I, you know, um, it doesn't necessarily run things in, like, super high-end features. Like, I, I could probably get better performance out of a Pro. Um, but I, I do feel like I'm getting better performance than I am out of my standard comp, out of my standard PS4. Yeah. And, uh, so far on PC, like the only other option for game pass is game pass ultimate. Uh, but that only gives you access. That basically just gives you access to game pass on PC and Xbox with Xbox live for your Xbox system. So if you're just playing on PC, you just need regular game pass. You don't need to get ultimate. And I think that's where people get confused because they, they see the ultimate option and that just lets you get Game Pass on both platforms. You don't need that if you're just playing on PC. So it's definitely, you know, get get the three-month $1 trial and then just turn off <laughs> auto-renewal and you're, mm-hmm. and you're golden. Yeah. I mean, I did the same thing with Origins for a month. Um, uh, Origins Access, EA Origins Access that I paid for for a month. I didn't finish Fallen Order yet, but now I can pick up pick it up again and pay the fifteen bucks and play some other games that I want to. Um, and then, like everything should be there. So if it's something like even just try it for three months, and if you feel like you're not getting any value out of it, you're only three bucks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Like I kept it rolling, even though I've been, I've been playing it consistently every week or every you know every couple weeks. But the cost is just low enough that it's worth it, and I've already gotten my money worth my money's worth, like the three four months that I've had it. Yeah, but uh, just look it, at look at the game. I mean, if you literally Google Xbox Game Pass PC list, it'll show you a whole bunch of games. See if there's you know four or five games on there that pique your interest, and then take that game name and put it in that website, um, and it'll tell you if your PC can run it. Yep. Uh, do or do yeah, I did the exact same thing, and then I lined up when I subscribed to it when I went on vacation. Yep. <laughs> you know, and just get get the maximum. You can probably get your money's worth. You you're definitely getting your money's worth. But like, if you do everything right, and you see like there's four games on it, and you have a couple days off, you can play all those games for a dollar, <laughs> and you're golden. Yeah, it's a great service. Uh, but if you're as you, if, I don't know if you've heard or not, Alfonso. If you're a controller user, you, you pretty much need to have an Xbox controller. <laughs> uh, I've been doing okay with my Astro controller. But my Astro controller is for PC and it's PS4. It's a $200 controller. Yeah, yeah. It, it works, though. <laughs> you can definitely get a DualShock working, though, but there are applications you need to, like, run it through sometime. Yeah. To get, like, full compatibility. But, yeah. But you can get, like, a cheap Xbox controller for, like, $20. That's that's fine. The Power yeah. A controller isn't the worst wired right. Xbox yeah, yeah, yeah. controller no, you can no, find. No. I actually recommended to Dave before he got, he was getting an Xbox controller. He's like, "Hey, Power A controller is like twenty bucks." Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and then uh, I'm just gonna run through these kind of quick uh, because we have a lot of like one word answers. Uh, so uh, Randy Sprouse, uh, 
he just said what he was excited for, and it's The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Watch Dogs Legion, and Avengers. It's pretty much the same games we're excited for. Yeah, Watch Dogs Legions is really high on my list. So. Yeah, especially if they can pull off the stuff that they were promising. Uh, the At The Real DD Hams, uh, he's looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077. There's going to be a theme with a lot of these. <laughs> Uh, we have uh, Tony Allen. Um, he is excited for Cyberpunk and the PS5. Uh, Stefan uh, Stefan uh, is interested in Cyberpunk, um, and he's like me. He can see playing that for months on end or months nonstop. Uh, Dave, you want to take the next couple? Yep. Uh, so Chip Holt is on his top of his list is Ghost of Tsushima, and aside from the next gen console, PS5 for him. It's ghosts, and he's he's really excited for that. Um, Hannah Lee, who just gave us a Patreon support this week, thank you so much. Uh, the PS Five, Animal Crossings, New Horizons, and Ghost of Tsushima. What is New Horizons? What am I missing? That's Animal Crossing. Oh, colon, New Horizons. I see it. Okay, yeah, I can't yeah. read. Words are hard. It's late too. <laughs> Animal Crossings, New Horizons, and yes, Ghost I'm excited. Okay. As um, well, Ali Sean who's been a, a huge contributor on the community since we started. Um, he's, he's Dragon Ball... Kakarai. Kakarai, sure. Um, <laughs> it's his favorite anime, and they're really sticking closely to what was done in the series. So Yeah, like I said earlier, like it it, it could be really big for the, the fans of the... the well, of oh. course, it's going to be big for the fans of the anime, but like where it takes place in the universe is like interesting. You corrected Johannes' typo. I wanted to make fun of him. Oh, yeah, no, I, I did. <laughs> Jehonius, uh, he put Last of Us 3, so he's a little bit ahead of himself, but we fixed it to Last of Us 2 for him. Um, uh, Resident Evil 3, he's been hyped about that since uh, it was re- being rumored, and then the Final Fantasy remake as well. Um, yep. And predictions. It's okay, Dave. I got this one. It's <laughs> Drew to... We got Dave up a little late tonight. It's almost <laughs> 1 a.m. for Dave. Uh, we have uh, at Drew Tabori. He's hyped for Cyberpunk, uh, Hellblade 2, Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, he's predicting that... He, I know he's been a big fan of this and he's been wanting this. Uh, he's hoping for next-gen Legacy of Kane to come out of nowhere and win Game of the Year. He is very hopeful for this. It probably won't happen, though. But maybe, just maybe, maybe I, I think Amy Hennig worked on Legacy of Kane. Maybe, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe she can get this to go. Uh, it's 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 not gonna happen, buddy. But maybe I will if it does happen. If if at E three they announce this, I will buy you a beer. <laughs> this nasty owl beer that I'm currently <laughs> drinking that Dave has had to watch me wince every time I've taken a sip of it. So good. All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, like 2020 look, is looking like it's going to be like a jam-packed year. I'm really, really looking forward to it from you know a gaming standpoint. Uh, it's going into a whole new year with a completely new perspective for both of us, um, and trying to grow this this cool community, grow this awesome podcast while still maintaining our regular lives and uh, playing all these cool games uh, with more than one platform to worry about now. <laughs> Um, I can't wait to, to go on, you know, to hear about all the stuff that you guys are loving. I can't wait to find out 
the game that we never even talk about that ends up being amazing. You know there's going to be an indie game that is going to come out of nowhere. I don't think in 2019 or in late 2018 anybody was talking about Plague Tale Innocence. No, no, yeah. No (laughs) one was talking about that, and it made a ton of people's lists. Nobody was talking about Dead Cells. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like all these sleeper hits, like I remember years ago, like Guacamelee coming out of nowhere and being a contender for stuff. You know, like, um, so I'm really looking forward to what the surprise is going to be. Like, and that's, that's always the cool part of like, you know, Hey, we saw this game and, you know, like, or the, as much as, as, as bad as it sounds too. And like the, the game that's going to flop that, you know, like that everybody's been so looking forward to. And it turns out to be like nothing like they expected it to be. Not that that's a good thing of the, for the industry, but it's also something that just, it happens. It happens in movies. It happens in video games. It happens in music. Um, so, uh, I, those are things that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, what about you? The same thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to, just like when we go to trade shows, it's always the game that you didn't know existed that like ends up impressing you the most. And I'm looking forward to that game I don't know about coming out and, you know, surprising me. And, of course, the new consoles. Looking forward to it, yeah. Jan. I, I just, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not super excited about it. And it's not, it has nothing to do with any, it has to do with, like, like this time, like, when we were, you know, we're, we're essentially less than 12 months away from new consoles. We are 12 months away from new consoles. By this time next year, we'll have them. And we don't know very much of anything that's coming to them. I mean, no, like we just know... heard the words PS5 from a different developer. Sony really hasn't even said PS5. They've always just referred to it as next gen consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Gearbox called it PS5, which is fine. And Microsoft named theirs whatever that name is. Um, and but we don't know anything about it, like, and or in terms of like what it's going to do, like what, what interesting feature it's going to have, what, you know, what's going to set them, set the two apart. And then what we're going to be playing on at this time next year. Yep. So like the services, the, how the services are going to evolve. Dabbling into PC as much as I have over the last couple of weeks, the, the discord integration would be like amazing. Especially with like crossplay being you know more of a thing, making the, the cross services a little bit more user friendly um, for for players. Just hoping to to see those things happen, and and just how gaming is going to evolve over the next year. Like what's going to be the 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 crazy genre that takes over, you know, the streaming world or the gaming world. You know, is it going to be this you know four v one arena fighter predator Resident Evil style thing that is the new battle royale of two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm just, the unknown is what I'm excited for. (laughs) Just, I want to know what that launch for the new consoles are going to look like. I want to know what the new, the new hotness is going to be. Are we going to get a new battle royale type of thing that like takes over everything and every game copies? I also want to see what games come out that still have a battle royale mode. (laughs) I want next year, any game that comes out that's multiplayer that doesn't have crossplay, immediately people are like, why the fuck doesn't it have crossplay? <laughs> I, I want all. Uh, there's so many things I'm looking forward to. I, I love the the next gen stuff. You know, anytime there's a new console generation, I'm, I'm super hyped for. 
but yeah, uh, looking forward to that. And then, uh, of course, you know, seeing where this podcast goes, the, the new endeavor, see how that goes, how that grows, and seeing how everything plays out. Yep. So, uh, social media, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at Digital Days Pod. You can hit, you can talk to Michael at at the first MJC. You can talk to myself at Good Dave Hunt. Um, you can send us an email to podcast at digitaldaysgaming.com. You can join the Facebook group. Just search Digital Days Gaming on Facebook. It'll send, you can send a request to join and my psych, Michael or myself will approve you. Um, you can like the page on Facebook, facebook.com slash digital days gaming. Follow us on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash digital days gaming, where we typically have a uh, live broadcast the show. We're just not going to do it this week. And I don't think that we're going to be able to do it next week, but we'll see. So don't hold me to that. I think next week we're going to do a, uh, kind of a year in review show. Um, we won't be giving out any awards or, or I don't think I'm not, I'm not prepared to talk about anything, winning anything or in my top game. So uh, I'll, I'll push the envelope that way and maybe push that into January when I have a little bit more time, but we'll be going over 2019, very similar to how we looked ahead to 2020. Um, and it gives us a little bit more control over the, when we record the show um, for ease of use with the holidays and traveling and our schedules. And then as we get back into January, we'll kind of get back onto our quote unquote normal, if you want to call it normal, eight episode schedule that we've done so far. <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to find like our new normal. And I know we said we would potentially have a guest for this episode. That just didn't work out. Uh, we're working on it. Uh, We'll definitely have a guest that I, I'm assuming people know one of the guests that we're trying to have on. Uh, we're still working on that. So if you, if you think you know who it is, just maybe tweet that person yeah. and then we can see what we can get. Also, if you have recommendations of people that you would want us to have on the show, tweet at them and tag us in it. And then we can see if, if they respond and then we can work around that. <laughs> yeah. But like ask in a very nice, pleasant way. So, um, whether, you know, like I said, like, uh, Paris is on my list. Khalif is on my list. Chandler's on my list. Josh is on the list. Um, there's, you know, some, and I know Michael's got some, some developers that he's friends with and some other people that he does, he's done some, some things with that he has. Um, but we just wanted to, we wanted to, to, to grow and connect with you first before we started bringing a whole bunch of people in. And, um, like I said, we're looking forward to a bunch of stuff in 2020. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, um, you can support us patreon.com slash digital days gaming. Um, there's been a, a good handful of you that have done that already. Like, thank you so much. Um, we're still kind of working out the kinks of that, but the focus is even if you can't support us, if, if you're unable to support us on Twitch, if you're unable to support us through Patreon, that's totally fine. You listen, listening to the show, downloading the show is more than enough. Um, just share it, you know. Uh, retweets and shares on Facebook, um, you know, just making a comment, leaving us a review, all that stuff helps us move up the list. And maybe one person sees it that wouldn't have seen it before because of, of, of you sharing it. And that's a huge help to us. So I, we, we would love and appreciate any kind of exposure that you can give to us right now. Yep. Appreciate everything and looking forward to the next year. And Next week, going over some of our favorite games of the year, which I'm hoping the reason we're also doing it kind of out of order, you'd think you'd do 19, 
and then do look forward to 2020. But I, there's a couple games that I wanted to look at before the end of the year, which is why I wanted to go in this order, because I will have some free time because of Christmas this week that I'm hoping to play some games that have been on my list and in my backlog before we talk about the 2019 year in review. Yeah. So. Not really out of order. I think it's what we're looking forward to, and here's what we enjoyed. So. Yep. Yep. So. But uh, I hope, again, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, I hope everyone has a safe holiday season. If you're traveling, be careful. Stop looking at the radio. Look at the road. <laughs> um, and, and again, like uh, at least from my family, um, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Um, and if I, if you don't listen to us right away, I hope you guys have a fantastic new year. Um, and we appreciate the, the opportunities that you guys have given to us already. And I, and I thank you tremendously. My wife tells me all the time. It's, it's a really cool thing that we're, we're, we're building here. And even on those days where sometimes I worry about what we're really doing and she's like, look at what you're building. So, and you guys are there along for the ride. And I I truly appreciate that. I know Michael does too. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Your move, Mr. Langford. See ya.